0: Welcome to the New Books Network. Get a chair, grab a seat, or we'll sweep you off your feet. We move, we groove, you got Mel. Ease your legs, rest a while, all you gotta do is smile. We're swell, can't you tell you got When the show begins, you better hold on real tight, or before you know it, you'll be high as a kite. Take a break, settle down, we're the only show in town. SRO, don't you know, you got Mel. Give it up, don't think twice, we're a hurricane on ice. What the hell, give a yell, ring your bell, show and tell. Mademoiselle, give a smell, you got Mel. You've got Mel. And Mel has Mike Malbro. Mike, So, so today you are a famous illustrator and children's book writer, but it wasn't always like that, was it?
1: No, it was not always like that. So how did it happen? Mm, how far do you want to go back, Mel? Eh,
0: 150 years. Not, not, <laughs> not, not more than that. No.
1: <laughs> well, um, so uh, I'll, I'll, I'll digress a little bit and say that whenever I tell this kind of story, I think the most valuable information that people want to hear is, like, where can they see themselves in a story that someone in my position might tell so um, I try to hit all the points that might make someone feel like hey uh, I'm like that you know um, I was always interested in drawing and making art um, that was sort of my uh, wh- what I gravitated to you know when you're when you're in your adolescent teenage years you sort of look for whatever you get you the ability to influence other people you know what makes people smile what makes them interested in you
0: let's start before that are your parents artists
1: um hobbyists both yeah i mean when i saw some of their abilities to draw you know i said wow there's a little bit that i got it from you know i did
0: they encourage you as like a four-year-old oh mike what a lovely picture
1: Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. Yeah, yeah. Of course. So, so yeah, and, that's, age. and that's where it starts. You know, if you get this first little taste of, you know, pe- people, you know, whatever you do when you're four, your parents love. It gets to be when you're like eight, nine, ten, that it's like, no, oh, okay, you could stop showing me that now. <laughs> <laughs> but it still had that same effect, and you know, so um, yeah, so uh so it just kind of got it became what i did um uh all throughout high school um i wasn't uh too interested in higher education at the time um my college years uh if i'm not going too fast were spent um working at a nonprofit uh, puppet theater in my hometown uh, so these were the professional artists who were had their degrees and everything that said, save yourself a little bit of money and don't, you know, from art school. And uh, uh, that was my training was under them. So I, mean, I built you, puppets. You, you, you went to college? I did not. Mm-mm.
0: You didn't. So instead of that, you went to them?
1: Yeah, I basically worked. I was like a gypsy with these theater people <laughs> making puppets for shows for kids and stuff like that. So Amazing.
0: Okay. I didn't yep. know that. you
1: still have any puppets right. around? Uh, I don't, actually. Um, most of them, we were... we were. Uh, it was a small nonprofit, and so um, a lot of the work we did was on an extreme budget, and so a lot of it was papier-mâché, so they don't last very long. Some are still... I have probably a photo somewhere. I'll, I'll throw some off. They're pretty good until the first rain. Exactly, yeah. I, I think if you... There might be, I mean, not that anyone would be interest, but, interested, but a deep dive Google search of my name might bring up a photo or two of a puppet show or, or me in a strange costume. Yeah, so. I'll do that incognito later. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. So, you know, I mean, the good part about that was like art as a career was just like what I started doing, like storytelling, writing, drawing was what I did right away. Um, Not for much money at the beginning. Uh, And, uh, but it kind of, you know, it just wasn't, it just never wasn't what I was doing. Um, That eventually led to um, some work that brought me to New Jersey from, Baltimore, which is where I'm originally from, uh, to work in the fashion industry. Um, yeah, I, I illustrated, uh, for a clothing company for a really long time, about six years. Uh, and then, um, I started, I, I decided to leave the sort of corporate world of, of, uh, design, um, at the best time in, our history here in America, which is around 2008. Um, So right in the middle of like a housing crisis and all of the, the, the market stuff that was going on and, and decided to freelance and, and get back to my nonprofit community arts roots um, and ran a studio for teenagers for a while. Uh, And my wife and I um, uh, had our kids and, um, Then sort of eventually, after sort of dabbling in a bunch of different um, fields in the creative world, I um, thought it was time to kind of find my, like, what am I going to do with my life? (laughs) Now that I'm like a third of the way through it.
0: Married with two kids and okay, what do I do? Exactly.
1: Uh, And um, I read a book uh, called by Pamela Slim called Body of Work, um, which is a, it's sort of like a workbook that I recommend for anyone who's sort of um, interested in this sort of thing. And and what it talked about was how the generate, you know, my parents' generation, the sort of model was you find out what you want to do, you go to a four-year college and you get your degree and then you do that job at an entry level, and you stay there and move up until you retire, and, you know, that's life. And that, you know, that didn't happen um, here in the States, uh, at, you know, uh, for me and a lot of other folks. And so it was more about you had this less of a career path and more of a body of work like an artist might or a musician might. You have these different things that you've done. And you somehow have to pull together into some type of story to tell about yourself you know how do you practically um how do you have a how do you create a for example a strong resume when you were a barista and worked at a nonprofit and you know mowed lawns like like what do you pull from all of that to kind of say this is what you're really about and what career path should you be on so upon some reflection i realized i'd been telling stories and making art for families for a really long time. And I said, you know, maybe I should be in the children's book market. You know, it's the sort of um, stuff I like to do. um, I've been trying to pursue uh, mainstream comic book art for a long time, but found it wasn't the type that it wasn't the tenor of story I wanted to tell. Um, And I worked uh, in young men's fashion you know, and both of those industries had a certain bravado to them that just wasn't my cup of tea. So, uh, children's books, and i had just gotten through a period of time of, um, share, of reading books to my kids who who were just kind of growing out. So I was very influenced by it. Um, so I took a turn and kind of said, "This is what I'm going to try to pursue," and started down that road. And you know, some hard work later, and some some blessing and serendipity. And I, I managed to break in and have a few books out now.
0: So. Okay. Yeah. But uh, you're skipping the, um, the serendipity here. Ah. So, uh, <laughs> there's there's did, yeah. tens of thousands of people who want to be uh, artists of children's books. And you are one of the few, and I might even say one of the very few um, you're being published by, by Penguin and other top publishers in the world. Um, so, give us a break, Mike. What happened? Where, where was the break? Um,
1: well, if I, so we've talked before. So, um, what I often say about this sort of, particularly this process in trying to break into this industry is it's a lot like uh, falling in love. And meeting that special someone, it's like, there are certainly things you can do, probably more things you shouldn't do, <laughs> It's probably more the case, um, you know, and ultimately, everyone's going to have a slightly different tale to tell um, about it. Uh, and a lot of it is just magic. Um, that said, uh, I did want to turn my attention really quickly to being able to speak back to those who are trying to do this. Um, with some insight that I think you have w- when you're just newly having having broken through. Um, I the the first part that was serendipitous was I met an agent through a friend, and that was probably one of my first contacts. And she is my agent now. Um, and uh, she was someone who took. Was just because of her personality was interested in, you know, was nice. She's interested in helping people answer questions, da, da, da. Um, and so uh, probably the what I would say matters most is just building relationships. Um, I, at her uh, recommendation, I, from the moment I met her, which, you know, I thought was going to be my big break. I went to this dinner with my portfolio, and I thought I'm gonna, right? You know, I'm gonna come ah, so home so, tonight. When then. you
0: met when you met her, it was because your friend wanted to introduce you. Yes. To mm-hmm. this uh, agent. Yes. Okay, and you yeah. came with a portfolio.
1: I came with a portfolio. I almost didn't share it. You know, it's just those. There's, there's, you know, it's like the night. It's it's a party. Like you don't want to be like you know, um, and uh, I showed it to her, and she. Thought the work was good and and that I should come back. I should I should reach back out to her in a year of after working hard and just focusing on Kidlet because my portfolio was a little bit all over the place. Uh, it was a last minute thing; I had just thrown it together. Um, that's when the real work began. I just you know I I think that uh, sprinting in this sort of situation is just it it just doesn't happen. You have to
0: so so you you needed a few books to illustrate
1: yeah I, i i needed about a year's worth of time of really focusing on what art is out there in this industry and finding my place in it and you know of course now i look back at that work and go oh god like why did i ever show this but you know it was i improved greatly in taking this sort of like long long route um uh, so then I reached back out, um, and showed my, got my marching orders, just as sort of a mentor, um, join SCBWI, a conference, uh, or an event, get a critique from a, um, so, so, uh, there
0: is, so, so for people, um, who, uh, think that anybody can write a children's book, well, anybody can write a children's book, but not everybody write a splendid children's book and what I learned five years ago from this STBWI meeting is that there is a recipe mm-hmm. so do you want to share the recipe?
1: Um, well I mean yeah it's you know uh, to some degree I think that that changes as tastes change um, you know but I, I do think that um, the it's a hard question, you know, I don't, I don't like to, um,
0: no, but Mike, you, you, I, I'm going to make it easy for you. You already started. Yeah. You join the society of children, book writers and illustrators. You go to meetings, which are now online. Mm-hmm. And you take what courses you find teachers.
1: Yeah, sure. Yeah. Books. Yeah, I think
0: you find, you find the critique group.
1: Great, great. I, yeah, I think that um, where I'm hesitant is I don't want to talk to, I don't want to value a creative person's work uh, based on like some artistic merit or like what makes a good picture book. I, You know, I don't like to talk in those terms. Um, I try to focus more on if you want to be traditionally published, there are ways to do that. There are ways that there's things that can help you and there's things that will work against you. How many words your book has in it, um, how much you know about the way they're put together, how many pages they are, how spreads work. Um, Some folks that I might mentor or teach, you know, they don't want to put their work inside that box. You know, they, they want to have a longer story. They want to, They want to push something, push some theme, uh, something that matters to them. Great. You know, like I can't, I can't put a value on that. Um, It just might not be published in this form that I know a little bit more about. So
0: from the, from the get go, uh, when you met the agent, this was your dream to be published by a traditional publishing house. Mm Sure. Sure.
1: Yeah, and so um, I basically did everything she said. I didn't jump quickly to the, uh, you know, asking her to represent me. The funny thing is uh, a friend of mine who was single at the time was uh, exploring the world of, like, online dating, you know, meeting people and all this stuff, and would lament about the, oh, do I call this person back? Do I call that person back? And during this whole process, I... I had sympathy for him. I said, "It's the same thing. I'm, I'm happily married. I have two kids. I never thought I'd have to deal with this level of relational stress ever again in my life. Of do I call her back? What does this <laughs> word mean? What you know? What does she mean by, I like your work'? Does that mean she likes my work, or does that mean she likes my work? Yeah, it's very stressful. Um, so, you know, I, I think, um, what helped." A few things. I mean, I had experience professionally already as an illustrator. I had worked in a lot of industries. I had gotten used to um, ha- working for clients and, um, and you know, not being too precious about feedback, cr- criticism, critique, you know, taking those things to heart and uh, adjusting. Um so, um, I think that I already had a certain level of craft that was, like, like visible. Like, it was, you know, apparent. Um, I just didn't know a lot about the industry. And then, um, you, and then you
0: called her? You emailed her? What did you do? Um,
1: when I finally, uh, at, like, sought representation... Oh, well, so, okay, so... The, um, Yeah, so she said when I was ready to seek representation to make sure that I gave her an opportunity to consider that as well, um, which felt like a win in and of itself. Um, Absolutely. The funny part about the story was I didn't know... Um, The the agency at the time that that she worked for um, she was an agent at a different agency uh, had a policy on their website for submissions, um, and I wasn't and it said if you're going to submit to us do it through this general email and I thought but I have this agent's email personal email um, I don't know what the protocol is uh, and just was weighing you know anyone who's tried to like query or like respond like you know you weigh these things you're just like oh my god and I said let me just do it by the book you know I'll assume you know that uh, um, let me just do it the right way so I submitted it via the website and mind you this was right before This would have been like right before the like New Year's and Christmas and um, the holidays, um, Hanukkah and all that. Um, And it was sort of the last day I could do it before folks were starting to take off of work. And I got cold feet and I kind of moped around and my my wife knew that I was going to do it. She said, what are you? Why aren't you? You said you're going to reach out to her. And I "I don't don't want to. And she got really mad at me. you know in a in a, as loving a way possible and was like you said you're gonna do this do this and i did i said fine you know i'll do it but it was just it was fear you know um and so i sent the email out and uh uh got a response back right away from that same email and it was Lori, my agent saying why did you send it to this email <laughs> i, w- I I almost missed it. What you I, thinking? I just sent it. You know, I I only got it because, like, I was heading out the door and I wouldn't have seen it otherwise. Like this stuff usually, you know, this is the where everything goes. You should have just emailed me, um, <clears throat> so that she saw it. And uh, you know, she took the holiday break to think about things, and we talked right after that. And even the conversation, it was like we talked on the phone, and. You know, it still was like I didn't know until the end of the conversation that she was offering me representation. Um, so it was, you know, we had to make sure we were we knew each other and all these kind of things. Um, so,
0: so, Mike, how does it work? At the beginning, you illustrated uh, before you did Marigold, right?
1: No, actually, the interesting thing I'm about not- that. no.
0: So well, let's say one second. So I'm gonna ask my question anyway. Sure. So let's say an artist gets representation, but usually it's not for a book that he, he or she has written. It's for the artwork. So then like you're in play for illustrating manuscripts that you don't know, or have I got it wrong? Um
1: well it might be different. I don't know. Um, it depends on where your audience is. Um, so I don't know if there's some differences in the way agents work. Um, there's sort of two categories that I know of are art representatives, art reps, um, and literary agents. So a a lot of times you can get an art rep that may also rep you in the world of Kidlet. Um a literary agent will represent you as an illustrator and an author in the okay, world so of Kidlit. So Lori
0: took you on as an author illustrator.
1: Yes. So Specifically did, that was her she was interested in those.
0: Clients. So were you were you pitching Marigold?
1: No. Uh so actually our our um strategy was to get me out there as an illustrator first i went to a new york conference the first thing i did after we were working together um and uh i was working on a portfolio you know we she critiqued my portfolio make these changes one of the things that was necessary was to have a couple of character sketches and studies in there and one of them was marigold Um, and about a month after that and it was like oh that's a cool cute character you should do something with that so about a month after that, I went to another SCBWI conference, a weekend conference for author illustrators uh, to get book dummies critiqued. And you could get a book dummy critiqued and you could, or a portfolio if you didn't have a book dummy. Um, I didn't have a book dummy. Uh, and so I submitted my portfolio in advance for the critique and then... I'm kind of apt to this sort of thing. As the day was drawing closer, I was like, you know, this is about book dummies. I really should have something. I started to worry, was I not representing myself well? So I like, I said, oh, like, and I had been working on this Marigold idea leading up to that, but it wasn't at all finished. And so I said, maybe I should just like put it, put together what I have. Um, fortunately, I drove up with a friend and she did most of the driving. Um, uh, it was about a two hour drive from where we are in New Jersey. Um, and I was like editing and stapling together the dummy in the truck <laughs> and we stopped at a staples on the way up to make copies of it. And, um, you know, long story short, I was getting the portfolio review and the art director said, you know, it's really a shame that you don't, didn't bring a dummy. I said, well, I, I have one i just didn't have it ready in time
0: uh, is,
1: this, is this true it's very true so it's so absolutely like
0: this is the story yeah <laughs> this is the story behind the story
1: yeah so the funny thing is i'm i'm uh i'm yeah, but the moral
0: what is the moral of this story
1: you know, I think that you, I mean, you know, it's stuff that's been said before. No, you, but
0: it, it hasn't. The, this, the, the moral of the story is find somebody else to drive the car.
1: <laughs> that's true.
0: And, and stop at a Staples.
1: Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I, I think that you have to, um, I mean, if if I really reflect, I think that you you have to be willing to take it slow and be somewhat humble about where you actually are and trust that there are those in this industry that know what they're doing and that um, like, aren't out to get you and uh, to not be too cynical about the steps you need to take and be willing to to change and be willing to grow um, and, and be patient.
0: Mm -hmm. But, but But,
1: but that has to be balanced with a certain appetite that, you know, like, uh you know i could have just gone to that conference and said oh, i got i have what i have but no, but they,
0: I, i'm being facetious you you went the extra mile that's, yes that's the point of course right you sat in the truck and you drew and then you stapled and you put it together just in case somebody might ask you
1: but it is a just in case so yeah,
0: you, you were there true you you Fair. had you had the umbrella yes, so yes. You, you showed them the uh The dummy and what happened uh
1: so as she's looking at it um the funny thing was in hindsight i think you know we're sitting there side by side we're in a room full of other critiques going on and i'm sitting there you know like look looking as she's looking at the dummy and she's she's laughing at the page turns and i'm all of my uh Emphasis is focused on the dummy, but occasionally I had to look up and like spy her face. I probably looked really crazy, but uh, I saw she was smiling. Uh, It then the the stress level was uh, increased because she said she wanted to take it um, to her publisher. Or uh, well, at first she said, "Could I hang on to this overnight?" And this was a Saturday to Sunday conference. Could I hang on to this and think about it some more? I said, "Sure, that's cool." Um, uh, and you know, what's funny is like w- what I had learned in my learning was, you know, don't just give your books away. You know, don't don't give pe- people peeks at your book at your projects. You know, you you uh, watermark everything, and you know all these kinds of things. And I'm thinking, oh man, I just totally messed up. And, Um, yeah so then the next day she said that she wanted to take it to her publisher she thought it would be something they would do and that they would most likely publish it and of course I was on cloud nine I called my agent she said let's slow down take a break she hadn't even seen it yet um, because I just took it on a whim to the conference so I said I took this dummy I don't know they liked it Um, and then she did a great job of you know, navigating the rocky waters of their interest and getting it to actually be a deal. Um, yeah. So. Yeah.
0: And uh, and so the the recipe led to uh, Marigold Bakes a Cake. Yes. Yep. Uh, Absolutely. And uh, the first of a of a trilogy. There's going to be more. Two. There's two. Um, right. It was. It was a... When there's two, there's three, you know.
1: (laughs) Maybe. It was a a two-book deal with a third book option. Um, So there are two Marigold books out now. And I got the third book option approved, but it is a completely different story.
0: So we'll see. So uh, let's do some advertising. So Marigold makes a cake is the first one? Yes. Second, Second one.
1: is Marigold finds the magic words.
0: Okay, and Marigold is quite a um, is quite a character. Yes, a uh, patterned after somebody.
1: Um, cobbled together of myself, my, my it's wife, it's and our cat, cat.
0: Probably,
1: it's a cat with an attitude for sure. Yes,
0: for sure. A little bit of OCD. Yes. <laughs> Tell us more. Yes.
1: Um so yeah, Marigold, um I mean, I think one of the first lines in the book sums it up is Marigold likes everything just so. He is very uh particular. Um I I cats are interesting, um I mean a lot of a lot of you know, dogs, cats, and any animal that you would find companionship in and have the the opportunity to be around long enough, you see these weird personality traits. Um, and I just love that sort of stuff in particular with cats. It's that they can be so, um, so seemingly nonplussed and in control and unaffected and then completely lose their minds. And it just, you know, and each cat's a little different as to what does that, you know, Um, And so uh, Marigold is in in some ways a celebration of that, being able to be, live a very meticulous, clean life until whatever it is that sets him off. Uh, Until birds happen. Until birds, yeah, birds are his thing. Because they represent, you know, uh, chaos. Feathers and loud noises and twitchy movements and... He doesn't, and
0: and, and, and and losing
1: control. Exactly, he doesn't like any of that. He doesn't like any of that.
0: So, um, what? The, so, I, I want to ask you a couple of things now. Sure. Um, about education. Yes. Um, you, uh, your children, uh, are homeschooled. Yes, sir. And you and your wife spend an enormous amount of time educating them.
1: Mostly my wife. Um, you also yeah. Each. You teach art. I do
0: to homeschool the schools.
1: Yes, to to a, a cooperative of homeschoolers. I
0: think that nobody uh, goes into homeschooling unless they have really good reasons, because it's 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 such a uh, such an investment of time and effort. Sure. So what's the reason behind this? Is it because something you or your wife suffered as school kids in public schools? Um.
1: Well, that's a good question. I, I think it's probably, like most things, a sort of stacking of several factors. Um, you know, I um, I would say that uh, the main reason is that the, the mentors that I mentioned at the nonprofit Art Center homeschooled their kids. Um, and so in my 20s, early 20s, I got to see... Uh, their two sons grow up um, and be around the life that we were in together. Um, And so I kind of, we, my wife and I, who she also worked at the nonprofit that's where we met. Um, We saw that day to day. Um, And that was probably like our first exposure to anything like that. Um, You know, I would say uh, for my part, um, you know, once, we were at an age where we had our own kids when they were born, I was sort of able to see enough of my career uh, that I could reflect on it a little bit, which at that point I was doing what I loved. I was making art, but you know, there wasn't a lot of success involved. And I thought um, a little more, uh, should I say a little less getting lost in the shuffle early on, might've been to my, to my advantage in that situation. Um, for a lot of reasons, I didn't have a ton of folks who were there to say, this is what you're interested in. Here's where you should go, go with that. Now I was also, uh, (laughs) I wasn't the best student. I wasn't, uh, uh, you know, some say this may never have changed, but I wasn't the most, uh, uh, organized of people um, and uh, that's why you have Marigold exactly uh, so um, you know I I don't know that like I don't regret anything about where my path went but at the very least probably could have done with a little more intentional thinking uh, at that stage in my life and I don't think it's the kind of thing you can necessarily expect from a high schooler or younger themselves so that I would say combined with you know once we saw our kids and our daughter once she got to be around the age of like three four five thinking well I'm, we're not ready for her to leave yet <laughs> you know not ready to give up that time together you know so it just never was something we thought not to do at that point it just became so um
0: yeah just and 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 uh and now you guys are miles ahead of the game because you know everybody in america is worried about something that you've already mastered
1: i would say you never really master it but it was funny when everything you know changed um how suddenly uh I mean, I work from home most of the time. Our kids are home most of the time, so everything that was like being written about how to adjust was like, well, you're already there. Welcome to our world.
0: I am, yeah, the other funny thing is <laughs> that um, I'm tempted to call you Mike Melbro because mm. you're like a Melbro. Big, yeah, you're, <laughs> you're like a brother to me. Look at us. You know, we. It's it's true. All I have to do is grow a little bit of a beard. Uh, and um, I think you could do a better job. This is and, all I and got. And we've never met. We, we were we were zooming and skyping before everybody else.
1: That's right. That's true. That's true. I would take that moniker happily.
0: Yeah. So, <laughs> so, so I guess um, what 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 really intrigues me about you is that you are really one of the nicest people I've ever met. Uh, kind generous um non-judgmental um maybe the opposite of marigold in that respect (laughs) maybe so um and um marigold is some kind of uh, alter ego perhaps anyway um so so um is is this something that's in the industry because there are very nice people in children's literature um is this the way you were brought up uh, is this the way you are? Um, there's so many people in the world who are mean and crafty mm. and devious. And, um, you know, it, you've been my tutor for um, oh, f- over a year and a half, perhaps. And I had to pay you more money than you asked for.
1: <laughs> where, where does Don't this... say that too loud. <laughs> now, where, where,
0: where does this kindness come from? Why are you such a nice eh, exemplary human being
1: wow well, you flatter me i i mean I, I don't know i think that uh i guess i um i chalk it up to i mean you know where do, where do you want to go with the nature nurture thing but i you know i think that uh we sort of come out we mature into um, adulthood with certain radars, you know, certain things that we like emanate or are willing to perceive uh, or are good at, you know. Um, and for me, it's empathy. Like I just, perhaps even to a fault, I, I um, am aware of my shortcomings and know how uh, uh, you know I'm not interested in uh, judging others because, like, um, I can I can easily uh, narrate you know where someone else might be coming from. I guess that's the best way to put it. So um, I just I I don't um so i i by nature i just sort of back away from too much uh of conflict or fighting for you know what what i might perceive as mine or whatever so um yeah it's hard to say it doesn't always suit me well, uh, but you know, it is, it's who I am. and
0: Mike, look, I think it suited you splendidly. Uh, you know, I, I, I just say that, you know, beyond the, the truck and the staples and the happenstance, uh, what happened in your career happens maybe to one in 100,000 people, maybe one in a million. And it's not just about the luck and the timing and, you know, making the right phone call and, and, and sending the right email. like having having the right stuff
1: well i appreciate it and i don't you know and that actually makes me uh more um you know i'm I'm appreciative so in being appreciative i I try not to hold on too tight because i think you know
0: uh I, i think i think that like if you were my kid i would say mike just you know never change um you know, always be whoever you are now, and certainly, um, you know, this success has not gone to your head. Um, we have time for a uh, for just a couple of tips, for sure. aspiring writers, illustrators. Sure. Um, I think
1: that um, the number one thing that I say, and I don't know, you know this is based on my experience um, personally and just witnessing um, other folks navigate this particular industry um, is that, you know, again, to use the dating metaphor, there's nothing better than face-to-face. There's nothing better than it. it's all relationship building in the end and developing trust. And if you can, uh, if you keep that as your, um, in terms of breaking in, if you could keep that as your focus um, and kind of view that as like ripples of a pond, Um, you know, you want to build sound relationships, that's what's going to carry you over the edge. If if you have good work um, and you have built sound relationships, I think that you'll succeed in time. Um, So any effort that you put out in terms of trying to break in uh, and you're trying to stack up you're trying to weigh things. Should I do this or should I do that? Well, what's most likely to lead to genuine relationships? Um, that should be what breaks the tie in those situations. Um, do I, I have a chance to do this thing online or have a chance to meet in person? Difficult as that may be for now. This, you know, we'll, we'll get out of this. So, you know, but, um, you know, or, you know, do I have a chance to uh, talk on Zoom as opposed to email with someone? Always take the more personal, relationship-building, curating, uh, goodwill approach. Number one. Yeah, be, e- be easy to work with. Um, and, you know, read the information that's out there about what to do and what not to do um, because they're best practices for a reason. And um, I think that everyone that I've met in this industry has been uh, great, supportive, personable. And so uh, it really matters to set any sort of cynicism or combativeness to the side. It's just not going to get you far. Um, Oh, and philosophically speaking, very important. You'll appreciate this one, Mel, because of your background. When you're doing your work, that's when you need to be an artist. When you're sharing your work and you're you're going to a conference or you're or you're collaborating or you're getting a critique, that's when you need to be a scientist. That's when you need to take off the artist hat and put on the hat that says, I have a hypothesis that this that what I'm producing is good. And me getting this critique or showing this to this agent or setting it out on a submission is I'm testing that hypothesis. I might be wrong. That's the whole reason I'm putting it out there is. If I'm wrong, I want to know why. Um, and if you're able to, like, do whatever you have to do, yoga, pray, meditate, go for a walk, whatever it takes to get from those two uh, way, modes of thinking, do it. And then once you've gotten it back and you've, you've digested it, then you turn back into the artist. So, um, yeah, those are all important, I would say. Okay.
0: Um, this has been splendid. Um, you're, you're, you're publishing, uh, next year, another book, but I'm not sure you're allowed to talk about it.
1: Um, it is called love is here. Um, it is published by Philomel, the same publisher that did the two Marigold books. Um, the date's not quite set. It should be later 2021. So I'm expecting about a year from now, or maybe a little bit past that. Um, uh, and it's a book about um, a, a little girl who loses her kite in a storm, uh, but the kite is sort of a metaphor for love and, and the interconnectedness between us and the world and one another.
0: I'm loving it. And uh, we also have a secret project that we're not going to talk about today. We do um mike um, and uh, okay so so now i'm going to ask you to put on your musical hat oh dear no no you don't have to uh, play um i know you play guitar though uh how are you with the beatles uh i'm some i'm familiar i don't know if i get put on the spot how
1: familiar i'll be you you like the beatles
0: sure yeah so what's your favorite beatles song
1: oh uh paperback writer i would say Okay, Um, and if
0: you'd like to hum a few bars,
1: uh, oh gosh, Uh, I'm not gonna remember the words. I'll
0: help you, dear sir or madam. Would you read my book? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You want me to (laughs) sing it, right? Come on. Dear sir or madam, would you read my book? It took me years to write, so I'll take. I can't remember
1: the words, and I want to be a paperback writer. (laughs) Paperback writer. <laughs> if my kids were around we'd be having a blast uh yeah um, yeah that's a good one um but I, I actually i don't know the words too well but the reason why it sticks out to me is the uh introduction the, the music the the guitar and the drums um their relationship
0: i, I thought i thought that you were had fallen in love with the content <laughs> paperback writer once you yeah. take a look it took yeah. me years to write it's true based on the story of a cat named Marigold <laughs> I wants don't to think bake, that wants to bake a cake but the birds get in the way it <laughs> would be, be hard to fit all those words in yeah and, I, and I'm, I'm not going to write that song for you so uh, it's been awesome as always to see you I cannot believe that we've never actually touched each other hugged each other shook hands we were supposed to meet in april yes and um this uh, virus uh, interfered so um until the next time we talk uh, i'm sending you a big virtual hug from the holy land to new jersey
1: <laughs> and in return too
0: and keep uh, i can't did you did you put that picture there um for me or is it is it actually sitting there
1: it actually is that's where it's sitting that's its spot right now.
0: It's a very nice it's a very nice illustration from something whatever. Oh, thank it is. you. <laughs> Mike I I love you um, and uh, keep doing uh, your magic and sharing it with the world together. Oh, by the way, if there's writers or illustrators of children's material that want the most fantastic tutor, then I highly recommend Mike Malbro. So, my friend, thank you so much. Thank you, Mel. And uh, you've always got Mel. (laughs) Of course, I know this. Take care. Take care, Mike. Thanks.